What up, it's your boy Tony Sumo coming to you with another episode. But before I get down with my guest, let me get my plugs out of the way. Go to dirtycleaneats.com. Check out the product there. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and listen to their podcast, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast on iTunes. Now use the code DCE Tiny Sumo for 10% off in store. Get some jammo in your life. It'll kill what ails you. And check out tiki-tribe.com. That's T-I-I-K-I tribe.com for all your ready-made meal solutions. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram too. And if you use the code Tiny Sumo, you can get 20% off in store with those guys now. And me, I'm your boy Tiny Sumo. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell your friends, tell your family. Your boy appreciates it. But I think that's enough of a plug. So let me get down with my guest. You! Yeah, good. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Thanks for taking the time to have a chat. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no worries, man. All right, look, so firstly, congratulations on the win of Diamondback. Obviously, getting back in the cage and getting the win was very exciting. Uh, very exciting fight as well. So I want to cover that. Now, I don't know if you've seen any of the chats before. What I like to do is I like to get a little bit of a backstory. Uh, I like to find out if people got involved in fighting in the first place. So we have to go back to the start. But before we do, I just want to point out my introduction to you as a fighter wasn't actually through fighting at first. It was through a little bit of a viral video. <laughs> oh, really? My introduction to you, you had a mullet in that. Now, you don't have a mullet now, but you didn't nah. have a mullet in that. <laughs> is that is that how you found out about me? Oh, that was how funny. I found out about your original. Now, look, uh, since I saw that video, obviously, <laughs> I've, I've, I've delved a little bit deeper. This is a little while ago now. But that was how I, I saw that video. I said, I've got to find out who this is. I've got to have a look into this. I think I'd seen another fighter share it, tag your page, ended up finding you. I went, oh, okay, sweet. No drama. Yeah, right. <laughs> how many views has that video got now? Um, I think it's uh, 1.7 million, 1.8, I think, on Facebook. <laughs> That's fucking wild. Yeah, that's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, now, it was what, um, it was pretty cool because yeah, Dominic Ray's um ended up like uploading that video on his uh, Instagram, and I messaged him like being like, "Wow, I can't believe how far the video's gone." And he's like, "Told me he's like, uh, you got the MMA community in stitches," and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty coming from him." There was a very cool video. It was very funny, and I think it was especially funny. Like he said, you know, people in the MMA community was especially funny because we have all met people that yeah. you portrayed in that video. We've all met that guy that, well, like, not even necessarily gone to Thailand for a trip, but, like, he's, he's been down the local gym, whatever it may be, and you go, fuck, I know that bloke. I yeah, know that yeah. guy kicking shadow boxing by himself somewhere. I've seen him. I know him. And that's why I think it resonated with the people who saw it so much. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually... I based it off a guy that came into our gym one night. So, like between myself and and the other coaches, um, uh, we we gave it a nickname. I won't I won't say it in case that in case the person ends up listening to this. But yeah, so um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a bit of an ongoing joke. No, it was awesome. I loved it, and uh, I, I'm I'm glad it did the views. And I'm not surprised it did the views it got because that's <laughs> oh, it. You know, right. you get a couple of people share it, and you go, "Fuck, that was funny." Uh, so yeah, happy with that. But look, I digress. I want to talk about how you first got involved in fighting. Um, yep. And then we need to cover a little bit of time away from the cage too, in between this last fight and the one before that. I want to talk about that. So if you could, yeah. take me back to the start. Tell me how you got started fighting in the first place. Okay. Well, um, when I, when I was a kid, I've actually got a twin brother. And um, we used to, we used to watch... Uh, 
Friday night footy and uh, we'd, in between the ads, we had like these little boxing gloves and we'd like just start punching on with each other in between the ads. And um, being a twin, like super competitive. Um, so yeah, we'd just box on with each other in between the ads and then um, we actually like going to a church with with our parents. We had a guy um, called uh, Tiny from Tiny's Boxing Gym had had over like 200 pro fights back in the day um, of of professional boxing, and um, so we went in there and had a, had a go at that. And then um, my parents sort of uh, put a put a bit of a stop to it because me and my brother were just bashing each other too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, um, yeah, from there, like, we we only did it for a little bit as kids, and then we moved up to the York Peninsula. And then, uh, like, my brother was a really good footy player, and I wasn't very good at footy. I was, like, I've never been that great at sport. I never, um, like, I played footy because I loved, I loved playing it with my brother. Um, but he was the, he was the A-grade footy player, like, the real good, good, the, the athlete out of us too. So, um, and then, uh, we moved back. And I was like, man, I don't really feel like playing footy, and because he was still going up and getting paid a few dollars to pay play on the York Peninsula, so I thought I'll go back to boxing and uh, went there. And I wasn't really taking it serious because I actually got like um, growing up, I think about twenty, uh, about twenty years old, I got like really fat um, just because I wasn't playing much sport, and I thought boxing would sort of get it off me. But I was never really motivated to fight I just sort of was just training a bit and then uh, went and watched the MMA down under that was run by Greg Toyama and Dave Conti mm-hmm. and um, yep, I was watching like this team SABJJ and uh, they were just they were sort of like carving up that night with the jiu-jitsu and I didn't even know what jiu-jitsu was then so I was like I actually said to my friend Brando um the Balkan Bear, who's like yes. killing it as a heavyweight. Yep, yeah. Yes, he is, yes. Yeah, so um, I said to him, man, I'm going to go suss this out because I've got him to come to boxing with me a little bit. And I said, oh, I'm going to go suss out this jiu-jitsu. And he, for whatever reason, like he had a few things going on in his life and I'll, one day when you talk to him, he'll be able to tell you that himself. But um, yeah, so I was like, I'm going to go suss this out. And I went there and I was like, no one was throwing any punches and, I was like just watching this jujitsu, and I was thinking like this is this looks pretty cool. And so the first night I just went and watched it. Second night I went and rolled, and I was 110 kilos at the time when I walked mm. into that gym. So I was like really fat, and um, like a, a three-stripe white belt, like who was like 70 kilos or something, submitted me, and I was like I, w- I was pretty strong, but I was like really fat. But I thought, man, how the heck can someone like that small submit submit me like he just choked me out within like a minute and I was like just felt helpless and I was like wow I've got to learn this man like pu- punching on's cool and boxing's cool and that and then but I thought man that, that's that's sick I've got, to, I've got to learn this so then I started doing jiu-jitsu there and then like really got heaps into jiu-jitsu and I lost like I competed my first ever jiu-jitsu comp was like six months after I started training and so I was 110 when I started training, and then my first jiu-jitsu comp was at 91 kilos. I'd lost like 19 kilos in the first six months just because I was just so motivated because it was like just so – just it to me, it just was like a real martial art, you know, like obviously boxing is and that, but 
was just like, man, like if you this this is this this stuff's like legit. Mm. So yeah, and then I that's that's how I got into the jiu jitsu, and then um, obviously Trinity MMA started off uh, out of SABJJ. They went and did their own thing because SABJJ is just more like it's purely jiu jitsu, and I I really wanted to fight. So um, yeah, so I just that's when I went and went off with Nick Hughes and um, Anthony Bino and Mike Turner. They started it years ago, and I just I went with them and got stuck into it. It's not an uncommon one that that coming from striking and I when you said that to like that first feeling of grappling and that hopelessness, I yeah. just distinctly remember the same thing. Like I distinctly remember rolling for the first time and in my head thinking, I'll be okay and then yeah. rolling and being like, Oh fuck, this guy could murder me. It doesn't matter. Like it would Yeah. You know, it, it's a crazy feeling and I don't think people who who haven't done it like you go into it with a certain idea in your head. You're going, if I hit this bloke, I'll be fine. Like, in my head, I'm thinking, if I can just put hands on you, you will go to sleep, life will be okay. And then you roll with someone who can pretzel you. And then there's levels to that as well. You start yeah. thinking, I know a little bit of jujitsu, And then you roll with someone, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. There's levels to the levels. Yeah, shit. <laughs> and that's, so I think that's a reaction that everyone has the first time that they're on the mat. Like, I, I haven't met anyone yeah. that's been like, oh, I got on the mat and everything was cool. No, no, no. It's not. That's not how it works. Nah, not at all. Hey. All right. Yeah. So, when you got to Trinity MMA then, so you've gone from uh, SABJJ. And I remember the old MMA down under shows too. They were great. Cause that was like the um, the pre-sort of Diamondback stuff. That was before Diamondback. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was um, they, they had like a couple of ring, ring shows uh, where they did it in a boxing ring. And then, uh, yeah, Greg Toyama and Dave DeConti, who I'm like, uh, who I know quite well. Dave just went like sponsors actually. That's my chiropractic. Um, they they got the the cage like they got the sanctioning done for to be able to have a cage in South Australia. So. I want I want to say they put on a show. I'm pretty sure it was MMA down under at the Febby, didn't they? Like it was, and they yep. had um, yeah, yeah. I, I cornered a guy that night, and I remember they had um, they had pro wrestling as the intro, like the the interim show, like in the middle of the night. Yeah, that how, right. That was how they got into the Sebi in the first place. They had to, they had a deal with the the pro wrestlers who were able to get licensing for the show. It was some, it was some like crazy backdoor deal. But in the middle of these like <laughs> MMA fights, they had a pro wrestling fight. It was random. Man. Well, I didn't actually know that. That's 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 pretty funny. So there you <laughs> go. A little, little bit of little bit of SA. A little bit of yeah. SA history, so yeah. it was good times. Yeah. But at the Sebi, so that was that was where it was at. But I remember that show and thinking, this is fucking wild. Like that, in order to get this show to go ahead, they're like, we have to have a pro wrestling match on in between these fights, like in between actual fights. Yeah, get a guy out in a pro wrestling mask or something, have him fucking do some elbow <laughs> drops, and we're good to go. And then we'll be all right. And they're like, yeah, sweet, that that works for us. Whatever, whatever works. Wow, that's a crazy time. That was crazy. That's only. <laughs> That's not that long ago either. I want to say no. that's like six years ago, something like that. Like it's not that long ago. No, it's not. I know. I know that they had it back then, but I didn't know that was involved. But yeah, that's not long ago at all. <laughs> no, so there you go. A little bit of SA history. All right. So when you've got over to Trinity, then how long between when you've got to there and when you've had your first fight? Um. Well, I remember. I I really wanted to fight. Like I wanted to fight on. 
on MMA down under, and it was still just it was still going like when I was get, thinking about getting ready to fight. And I remember Nick Hughes and um, and Mike Turner being like, "We don't want you just we don't want you to fight because we know that you're ready. We want you to fight." when we know that you're not going to just win your first fight that, and have to get ready for a second fight. We want, we want you to be able to be able to win your first, second, and, um, like, and not have to, not, and not get, you know, outclassed in your second and third fight, you know? Mm. When they, when they went on, started themselves, we, we did, uh, um, there, there wasn't really a show at, in, in between. When I, when, when they, said I was ready to go, like when Nick said um was going to give me the opportunity to have my first fight, there wasn't really a show going at that time. And so we drove over to um to Melbourne, that's where I had my first amateur fight was on Vama. Yep. So, okay. Yeah, so um that was probably about a year after Trinity I'm thinking probably about a year after Trinity opened, we they were like, Yep, yeah, okay, you can you can you can have a go now and I did like a trial weight cut to make sure I could make 70 kilos and um yeah because that was like coming down from 110 like i'd seen 17 kilos since I, uh, 70 kilos since i was oh a teenager like yeah that's like, a big drop that's a big yeah drop. yeah and it, it, it's, it's 70 is my natural weight class like i'm i'm not a, i'm not a big person so like 110 kilos there's no way i could there's no way i could ever fight anywhere near that yeah so 70 no, kilos was just fat loss so. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's still like that's still a big drop if you just talk about body weight percentage. I mean, like yeah, you said, it's, yeah. it's your natural weight and it's what you should have been. But the fact is, you weren't. You were forty kilos heavier. That's a yeah. fucking. That's a big drop. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so that cheers, first man. fight experience, then, what's that like? Oh, that was um. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, yeah. it sucked because we had a drive over. And I remember we were weight cutting and water loading and that. And man, just driving to Melbourne, like having to stop every, oh, it was just, I can't, I can't remember how often we had to stop, but stopping all the time just to take a piece. And then, <laughs> but when we got there, it was like, it was just, it was, there was no pressure, like, cause we were in, you know, in another state, like, um, didn't have any, didn't have any friends, there. just all the, all that was, was um, a couple of coaches that, that drove over with us, um, and another and a teammate that uh that was fighting on the same show. So it was just it was it was uh it was yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty cool. Like I I feel like it was the best way for me personally to do it. Just because um yeah, no pressure and it was just like it felt like we were doing something heaps professional but we were going to another state. You know, mm. like even though it's even though it was what we had to do, it sort of felt like we just were totally totally immersed in the situation, you know, like just we're driving over there, it was like purely we were here to do nothing but fight. So it was it was pretty mm. cool. I, I do like the idea <clears> and I do like as well the same sort of thing competing in the state, competing in someone else's town and it's a, something that a lot of people have sort of I guess echoed that same sort of thought on the podcast with you know saying, Yeah, no, it's nice to fight I mean, you know, it's nice to fight at home and have people there, but it is almost relieving to yeah. just be like you said, you're just there to fight. There's nothing else you really have to worry about. People are there. People don't care. If, like people aren't there to watch you. So win, lose, or draw, people are cheering for someone else probably anyway. So it doesn't matter. You're yeah. going over there, zero pressure, just here to fight. I mean, the only pressure you're putting on is yourself, as opposed to 
mum's watching, my girlfriend's watching, like whoever else is in the my school friends, whoever else is there, you're whether they're putting pressure on you or not, you're feeling it as opposed to, I'm just going to go to this random fight night in somewhere else and it's just me in my corner and we're all good. That's it. We're just going to go fight. Yeah. And it was, and the people that I went with were obviously Nick Hughes and um, Anthony Bino and a teammate and another coach. And, um, and we just had a ball, man. Like, mm. Apart from, apart from like, driving there and having a piss every five minutes, it was... <laughs> It was just sick. It was just like heaps, heaps of fun. And then you know, we went and got acai the day of the fights. Because back then, even back then, there wasn't even much acai to get in Adelaide. So, yeah. Treat yourself. Bit of a treat. You've, you've heard yeah. about it. You're like, fuck, we'll go get some of that. All yeah. right. So, let's talk about this time away from the cage as well. Because there's a little bit of time between your last fight and the uh, the one previous. You know, your most recent fight and the one before that. What kept you away from the cage? Okay. Yeah. So, um, June last year, I had I was the me and uh, Taylor Garrett. We were the main event on uh, on the Mars Two, which is like the all amateur series. We were the mm-hmm. professional main event, um, and uh, I was getting ready for a fight two months after that. So I was sort of like went straight out of that, and then like we I can't remember if we fought on the Sunday. I can't remember what if it was a, if it was a Sunday or a Saturday fight. But we fought, and then I went straight into the gym. I was in the gym Monday and um, getting ready for the next DFC. And um, I copped a hit to the eye, and um, I was sort of like, like it pissed me off. Like I got real pissed off because it was like pure knuckles on the side of my eye. Mm. And um, it was like a real hard one, but it was just sort of like, you know, just sparring with um, MMA gloves on. It was hybrids, but like the knuckle like slipped out of, out of um out of the bloke's glove mm-hmm. and it hit hit me and then everything went black in my eye for a second. I was like, oh, I was like, oh shit. I, I'm probably not allowed to swear on this podcast. So. Yeah, you can Sorry. swear as much as you want. No, no, you can swear. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was yeah, cool because I was just like, oh, fuck. like what was that? And then um it sort of came back and then I just went like, I went, oh, sit down on the mouth guard and then started sparring a bit harder and um just because I was just annoyed but and I didn't really know what had happened. And so I was like three weeks out from the the fight and I had a, had an opponent pull out and then another one pull out and then it was like, it was like, the fight was like doomed to fail, like from, from the get Like <laughs> I, um, then I started like, yeah, I felt good apart from like, I, I felt good for everything. Like I was ready to go. And then I started getting like this um, gray U shape in my left eye and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Like I was um, sort of like looking off into the distance, and I'd sort of like see see it, and then I like ran my finger where it was, and I was like, oh shit, I can't see my finger. Um, and so I sort of just ignored it for a little bit longer as the fight got a bit closer, and then it started getting worse and worse, and I was like, I'm like, it's probably not that normal. <laughs> probably not that normal being able to see, not being able to see your finger in front of your face. I'm like, because I can see it with the other eye. But I was sort of like, oh, whatever, you know. And I said to my mom, and I was like, and she's like, oh, maybe you should go to the optometrist. And said to a few other people, yeah, maybe you need to go. And so I went the day before the fight. I was like cutting weight, and I was um, didn't really feel like going to the optometrist. But they dilated my pupil, and then they're like, well, good news is we found it. Bad news 
is you need emergency surgery right now. And I was like, oh, shit. So <laughs> I ended up uh, messaging one of my coaches, Anthony Bino. Um, I said, like, I said, I, I've just been told I need surgery. <laughs> and like, it was a bit weird because I was sort of like, it was just like instant. And I felt fine. Like, it's not very often you get told you need surgery and it's like emergency surgery and you feel perfectly fine. Mm. So, yeah, and he's like, well, go get it checked. Go go to the to the Royal Adelaide Hospital because that's where they sent me. They sent me straight there. And he's like, just go there, see what they say. And then he goes, we won't we won't get worried about it until we have to type sort of thing. So, like, my, my coaches are awesome. Like, you know, they're, they're heaps good at, like, taking everything professionally and that. So I, at that stage, like, he, he, like, made me feel totally calm about it. So I thought I was still going to fight. And um, I got there and the um, my surgeon, I forget his name, um, but he's like, this is the worst attached retina I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm like, what do I have to do to fight? And he's like, well, you're not fighting tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I'm like, oh, well, okay. Um, what about ever again? He's like, I don't think you ever fight again. And I was like, I was like, mate, would you tell it? I said to him straight away, I was like, mate, would you tell a shark not to go for a swim? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, he's like, well, you know, you need this surgery like immediately, and you, and it's going to be like, you know, to save the vision in your eye. And if it ever happens, it's like he goes, I don't even know if I'll be able to fix it properly. And so yeah, he's like, well, if you want to fight again. We've got to give you this other surgery as well, which is like um, the same surgery as Michael Bisping. And I, I don't actually—I've never actually met anyone in person that's had the same surgery as me. I've heard—I've had a few, met a few people that have had detached retinas, but um, the surgery I had was was a buckle, which is like pretty standard. I think it's like pretty standard for a bad detachment. Um, but then I also had a permanent silicon bubble put in the back yep. of my arm, and um, so yeah, so. They did that, and then I went to the fights. Like, I could hardly see, because um, they ended up, like, doing, like, a little surgery on my other eye because it had a little bit of damage in it as well. And they said, while we were there, while I was there getting that done, if there was any hope for me to fight again, they'd, they'd want to fix that one at the same time. So, which which was, like, nothing nothing special. Like, it was, that other eye was just, like, a precautionary fixed up, um, which I was lucky enough to, like, that they fixed at the same time. And so, yeah, I went to the fights and then that's when, like, uh, th- that night and, um, I was sort of like watching, uh, my teammates fight. Brando Perchich, he fought that night and obviously got a wicked knockout and another teammate of mine, Jake Hurl, he fought that night and he got a knockout as well. And I was like, man, I don't give a shit, like, what happens? I, I have to, I have to fight again. So I, um, did all the, did all the re, like the, like the eye exercises. They give you, um, did all the things they wanted me to do, and then um, ended up getting with my GP, um, like a whole. It was oh, it was like a big hoops to jump in to be able to fight again. But got everything, got all the um, signed all the forms basically, like because I had I, they they didn't want to clear me without saying I would um like taking the risk in my own hands. Um, yeah, so I got cleared and um, and then now I'm back fighting again. Now, how good did it feel? So after all of that, the emergency surgery, 
like yeah. not just the standard procedure too. You've got the Bisping procedure, you know, yeah. you, you, and I think to have it sort of thrown at you the way it was thrown at you, because I'm the same. I know a bunch of people that have had that same sort of surgery, not the hectic one, but the, the attached retina. Um, yeah. But to have it sort of, I guess, put on you, there's enough stress going through the day of the fight or the day before the fight, you know, you've been weight cutting or whatever it may be to have it given to you that way is something as well. But to go yeah. through all that, to go through the rehab portion of it, like to get back to fighting, to get in the cage and to have a fight like you had the other night, what was that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. uh, it's, uh, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. Man. It can't, it, for me, I can't mimic that feeling. Like I, I've been skydiving and all that sort of stuff. And um, that did nothing for me. But getting into that cage, man, it's just like, I feel, it's, I feel it's what God put me on this earth to do. So being able to, to get back and fight, I um I spoke to one of my teammates, Jake Chinellis, who, that that guy's a gun. And he, he he's just had something like a similar thing happen to him where he's been told he's never going to fight again because he had a crushed disc in his neck and he's ended up having to get a fake disc put in his neck yep. and that. And before that, he had a um, a knee recon and like and uh, like it was like re- it was really bad. Like it wasn't just a normal re- knee recon; it just just was like not healing and like lots and lots of things. And he was able to fight again after the knee recon. And um, like I said to him, I was like, man, like I told everyone I was going to fight again, but I didn't. I didn't even know if I believed it. Like I just kept saying it. They're like, oh, when are you going to fight again? And I'd be like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll fight as soon as I can as soon as I get cleared. But really I was like, Man, I don't know if I'm gonna get cleared, like and um it just like when the when like I got told by my doctor that I was gonna be able to fight, it sort of the fight just sort of kept coming closer and closer, like this one that I just had, just kept coming closer and closer and I was sort of like like I I am actually gonna be able to fight again. I'm like I'm it's actually gonna happen. And then um like so I had no nerves at all about this fight, like I was I was just like, because it sort of was like a, like legitimately, it was like a dream come true. Like I was sort of living a dream as it was all happening. Like I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'm cutting my weight. I'm like getting closer to the fight. I'm doing my, I'm doing my Shark Tank rounds, my pressure rounds. I'm everything's happening, and then like, like it didn't, it didn't quite feel real, just because I love this shit so much. Mm-hmm. I live for this, and um, so it just kept getting closer and closer. And it was like a like a dream just like actually happening and then um i was like obviously my mom and my girlfriend they were like he's worried about it like oh you know what if something happens and then everyone's sort of saying to me oh how, how are you going to go if, if you get punched in the eye or oh, people are going to target that eye blah 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 i'm like well i don't give a shit if they target that eye like because i'm like when it, when it got detached i was i trained for weeks afterwards at least i'm at least i'm going to go out you know like doing what i love if 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 the, if it detaches again in a fight, like I'm like, well at least it happened in the fight, and I'm gonna win that fight. I'm like, <laughs> if it, if it detaches in a fight, that meant that guy's gonna have to kill me because <laughs> I'm there's no way I'm, I'm if it goes if it goes out in the middle of a fight and I knew it was gone, I that 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 person that have to they'd have to take me out in a body bag if that guy wants to win is 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 sort of like the way I felt leading up to it, and then um yeah got a Cut a couple of elbows in the fight in in the eye. Um, I ended up getting poked in 
my good eye with, with um, Travis May, who's a freaking he's a, he's a cool dude, man. In the fight, he he accidentally poked me in the eye, which obviously, like you know, hundred percent like accident. You, you there? Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, certainly, I just heard a beep on the on the phone. Someone must try to call me. Um, yeah, someone. Uh, so sorry. Uh, he accidentally poked me in the eye, and then um, like my contact came out in the fight, and I was like, oh, like. It's okay, I can still see, like, that's my good eye. And then, um, I, I was sort of, um, so I got a bit distracted because I think someone was trying to call me then. No, okay. yeah, no, yeah, so, yeah, no, I ended up, um, lost my contact in the first round and I thought, like, it ran through my head, like, um, like, imagine if that was a detached retina and I was like, um, I'm like, I don't give a shit, I'm, I'm going for it. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, I ended up getting like a bit of blood in my in my in my bad eye. So like I ended up spending the fight like I could I couldn't really see that great in the, <laughs> in, the in the third round. But when he when he had that choke on, like I'm, I'm sure you know it. Like the the choke he had on, I was like I was like, there's no way I'm tapping, man. He's got like I'll I'll go to sleep. Like I'll defend this until I'm got until until the ref wakes me up. You know the thoughts that run through mm-hmm. your head and that. So yeah, I was like. So how it felt to be able to fight again, man, was just like, oh, it's the best, the best feeling in the world. I love it. Look, that, this is the stuff that I love about the podcast. I get to hear this sort of stuff. I get to have these conversations because it's not just the fight. It's the stuff that happens around the fight. It's the people involved. It's the backstories. And, and it's a beautiful story. You know, that redemption angle, that comeback angle. Yeah. And everyone loves it, man. And, and it makes you feel good. You hear that stuff and it makes you feel good because... You, you can equate it to something in your own life. Everyone can take something away from that, whether you fight yeah. or not. Everyone can look at that situation and go, ah, oh, perseverance, hard work, you know, believe. And, and and all that sort of stuff resonates, man. So it's been fantastic yeah. to hear. It's really yeah. good to be able to see you back in there. Hopefully we get to see you fight again soon. Um, is there anything planned, anything that we need to know about coming up anytime soon? Uh, nothing locked in, but, um, like, I want to I want to fight on the next DFC, so... I think that's late February next year. I think that's happening, and um, yeah, I just want to get on that and then uh, have a. Hopefully, I can get that DSC title. Uh, that's what I want. So, no, go, yeah, go, go. I'll, I'll be, I'll be uh, gunning for that. That's that's uh, that's what I'm coming for. Awesome, man. Well, look, dude, I appreciate having the chat. It's it's a big feel good moment, man. I feel good after hearing that story. Uh, and I'm sure other people will too. Before we wrap it up, though, I'd like to give people a chance to get any shout-outs, mentions, plugs, whatever. So anyone you want to yeah. mention now, do it, and then uh, I'll tag them in when we post up later on. Okay, yeah. Um, obviously, Trinity and Elaine, my gym. Uh, my, my coaches, uh, Jake Tanaus, uh, Jake Nick Hughes, uh, Lee Jenkins, and Anthony Bino. And, um, and, and my sponsors, uh, Macro Meals, Visualize Media, Kwame Dua, uh, Mugshot Barbers, Fightback CBD, the Conti Chiropractic, Racka Racka, and Australian Muscle. Nice. Fantastic. Good. Well done. And uh, thank you for taking the time, man. That was a good chat. And you and I will talk too. Awesome. Thanks, Heath, mate. Thanks for the, for the call. It was uh, nice to finally talk to you. Same here, brother. All right. We'll talk soon. Easy, bro. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye.